0: What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Onyx, here at Going Full Nerd. I got a question. Do you like this podcast? If so, great. I'd like to share with you, it isn't cheap to produce a weekly podcast, so I could really use your help. Take the time to visit anchor.fm slash goingfullnerd slash support and become a supporter. You could choose the amount of your support, Get an exclusive supporter shout-out and receive access to exclusive supporter giveaways. So thanks in advance, and let's keep that nerdy goodness going. Peace, y'all, and I'm out of here. To up. Yeah, we're gonna live We're gonna live the good life, everybody. What's happening? It's your boy Onyx here going full nerd. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go ahead and get that music out of here. What's happening? I know y'all missed me. I'm back. We're here. Hmm. I wonder where I got that from. But anyway, everybody, here's Onyx, and we are ready to get down with a going full nerd review yes yes i haven't done one in such a long long time but first before we even get started and before i kind of let you know what's been going down down let's hit that shameless plug and uh get this whole thing started shameless plug time folks What's up, everybody? It's shameless plug time. So thanks for checking out the podcast, Going Full Nerd. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe everywhere possible. So look for Going Full Nerd on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, goingfullnerd.com, and my Twitter handle, onyxxx1969. You can also listen to the audio version on its home Anchor.fm, but also on Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast listening pleasure. Hey guys, let's get on with the show. Hey, what's happening? We getting on with the show. What's going on? It's your boy Onyx. I'm back. I'm back. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm about, you know, the last live stream I did, I was like maybe 60. 70% Seventy percent after getting sick, almost catching pneumonia and all that stuff, I am about ninety two percent not a hundred, but about ninety two feeling so, so much better. Thank you for all the well wishes that I got. um you know, we've had some crazy stuff going on, I mean, you know, between hurricanes, you know, typhoons in the Pacific you know, Delta variant running. But, you know, it's nice to be able to get back to something pretty cool. And that's going to a movie with proper precautions, of course. And being able to do a movie review. I still haven't got back to doing the top 10 box office because, you know, not everybody's going doing, you know, for those who have been watching the channel a long, long time, I used to do the top 10 box office. But we're not, you know, we're not getting it. We're not getting. It. But anyway, it's been real busy. Your boy got out of town for a little bit. I went. I I, I had a plane ride. <laughs> oh man, I that was my first pandemic plane ride. And I and I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I. I'm not really feeling it. I'm not really feeling it. But I got to see my youngest grandson. Got to chill with him for a little bit, little bit, you know, and enjoy, have fun, do all that good stuff. I went to the mountains. I saw mountains, you know, I, you know not like I haven't seen a mountain before. But, you know, I got this cool cup. And this cool cup is for my fans of The Shining. Because I actually went to the hotel where it was filmed. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Let me let me take a sip of my red rum secret beverage. Mmm. Nice and delicious. So let's get to it. But I'm back, everyone. And what better to be back with than a review of the latest marvel movie i know i'm a couple of weeks behind and you probably looked at a lot of other youtube channels heard their take but here's the key their take is not my take and my take is the take that you want to take home with you man that was a mouthful that was actually a mouthful so maybe at well whatever here we go so let's talk about shang chi and The deal with Shang-Chi is this. For years, I've been pronouncing this so, so wrong. Notice I'm saying it correctly now. Shang-Chi. That's how it is, Shang-Chi. I mean, as a kid reading comic books, I was calling this dude (laughs) Shang-Chi. You know, Shang-Chi. You know, I, uh, Shang-Chi, I was, I was like taking the long, I was making the long A. I was like being real American with it. But the f- correct pronunciation, according to Marvel now, is Shong chi Shong chi Not Shang-Chi, but Shang-Chi. Master of Kung Fu. I know Kung Fu now don't know nothing but anyway hey here's the deal we got this marvel movie and you know here's the thing it's not following your typical stuff so i'm not going to follow the typical review i'm gonna talk really about three main characters and my emotions on the movie and it's still fresh in my head because i actually saw this movie earlier today I went this morning, 1140 in the morning, to go see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, here's the cool thing about that. About you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, I, I know I've complained and talked about all sorts of movies and complained about movies about not being close to their comic book origins or not following comic book storylines properly. I am guilty of it because I am a comic book purist. But this movie really drives home the point that you can have a very good intent, a very good premise, and loosely follow a comic book. And we'll get into a little bit more about Shang-Chi And certain things. But I'm going to talk about the three main characters, in my humble opinion, um, outside of Shang-Chi. Now, Shang-Chi is a pretty straightforward character himself. Martial arts, this is his origin story. They go through what made him the person he is. What shaped and molded him to get to the point that he is at at the end of the movie, which is pretty awesome. Which is pretty cool which has so much throwback in my humble opinion to the old saturday morning kung fu theater that i used to watch as a kid in new york to a point now speculation aside and connecting this to the bigger marvel cinematic universe i will get to that in my overall ending synopsis but i'm going to talk about a couple of things that really sparked my interest in the whole movie first of all was the character of katie played by aquafina now i'm going to tell you i really really wanted to hate that character i wanted to throw on my dave Chappelle player haters ball clothes and be like i want to wish everything bad happened to you and only you when it came to aquafina's character katie because i am not a big aquafina fan I don't know what it is. I I don't dislike her, but for some reason her stuff did does not uh, the things that she does it it doesn't grab me. I mean, I know she's had a couple of few she's a good she's a comedian. I don't know a heck of a lot about her. She's had a couple of acting roles that were pretty much cool, but it's something about her. She's not unattractive. It's just something about her just doesn't sit well with me. So I was honestly surprised that they didn't go over the top with the comedy relief that this character could have done. And for that, I am thankful. I am greatly thankful. I mean, she wasn't completely forced into the story, but I also felt that she could have been replaced in the story or ignored outside of her doing a couple of minor things, but here's the point. She played a couple of key parts, and she served as an additional catalyst for Shang's growth as a character, although it wasn't major. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't something that, you know, oh my God, we're we're putting her on camera every five minutes. Now, honestly, in the beginning of the movie, I felt it was going to go that way, and then it stopped. It stopped, and that was key to her success as a character. I liked it, I liked it, I liked it. Didn't love her, but I was accepting and dealt with it. Hmm, interesting. I gotta take a a, a sip from the red rum mug. Mm. So, let's get to the main gist. Let's talk about his father. Now, here's the thing. In 2008, Iron Man um, introduced a faction of a terrorist group called the Ten Rings. They were the ones that abducted Tony Stark in Afghanistan. You remember that whole story from Iron Man 1. And we learned that, you know, Stane, Obadiah Stane, played by, what was that, Jeff Bridges? Lloyd Bridges? One of them Bridges. Well, whatever. He's dead anyway. But anyway, Obadiah Stane engineered the whole thing, but it was the Ten Rings who actually did the event. That's kind of something we got to keep in the back of our mind. Now, once we made it to Iron Man 3 in 2013, they introduced the Mandarin. Now, the Mandarin, for those of us who don't understand, okay, for those of us who don't understand, the Mandarin is a longtime Iron Man villain. And the thing is, it was a he was a very stereotypical, um almost offensive character, you know, up until recent years and things like that. But pretty much they caught flack at Marvel for making it more of a joke, introducing Ben Kingsley as the actor Trevor Slattery. Who made up the character of the Mandarin? And, um, you know, we found out the real villain was Aldrich Killian, you know, founder of AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics. Um, and pretty much it dropped off right there. People were pissed. People were pissed because the Mandarin, comic book wise, was a longtime Iron Man foe. And one of, it's like, he was like the Lex Luthor to Iron Man being Superman, you know? He was the Joker to Batman, you know, as far as Iron Man was concerned. Now, in Shang-Chi Legend of Ten Rings, we had Tony Leung, okay, well, I, I always mess up these names, but anyway, he played Xu Wenwu, and he was revealed to be the head of the Ten Rings organization, and he was somebody who found these 10 powerful rings more like bracelets, okay, and he had lived for thousands of years uh, manipulating global events to his advantage, almost like a shadow government, and doing his thing. Now, here's the deal. We find out that, you know, you got to go back a little bit. There was a Marvel one-shot called uh, Return of the King, where an actual member of the Ten Rings Broke Trevor Sleddery out of jail, you know, played by Ben Kingsley. Uh, you can see it on Disney Plus. They got it there. They actually put it there right before the Shang-Chi movie came out. So that's real good placement. Mm. And they didn't push it either. That's kind of cool. But here's the deal. You go ahead, you look at them. They break them out and they show you, hey, the Ten Rings is a real organization. And this Mandarin that you, quote unquote, made up, is actually based off of a real person and he's pissed that you did that oh man so we all thought at the end of that marvel one shot they were going to kill off ben kingsley character and that that, that would have been it right now no 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 we get here and now after the snap or blip whatever you want to call it all right and honestly we got the best explanation of the mandarin So there's not a true Mandarin like the comic books, but we have Wen Wu, who is filling in for this particular character, okay? And there's a quote in the movie that was actually pretty damn good, and he explained it like this. He said he appropriated, talking about Aldrich Killian and Trevor Slatery, all right, saying he appropriated 10 rings my 10 rings but because he didn't know the real name obviously when Wu. um you know what name he chose he chose the mandarin he gave the figurehead of the 10 rings the name of a chicken dish a chinese food chicken dish so that really pissed him off and that's why he went to send to get the guy knocked out but here's the deal he went back found him I don't know if he felt sorry for him, felt joke, but he kept him alive as a, quote-unquote, as they say in the movie, a court jester. Well, it is what it is. It's all good. But the thing about it, that one line, that little thing redeemed this whole movie from having the racist elements that have been embedded in older Marvel comics that we pretty much were you know, subjugated to as a kid, you know, back 70s, 60s, early 80s, you know, and it's a subtle, you know, kind of fixing of that, you know, making things actually proper, which is kind of cool. Now, here's the thing, Shang-Chi as a character, it's just... Built upon racist stereotype, racist stereotype, racist stereotype. So this movie had a real hard hill to travel up to fix that, you know. Black Panther showed strength and nobility. This movie had to fight stereotype and try to do the same thing. So it's really interesting. Now, Black Panther did it in one way. You know, showing Africa, showing Wakanda, even though fictitious, as a highly developed, highly advanced, holding on to a certain traditional culture, kind of combining different cultures. And they did the research and they did that. I think they did the same thing so much, even though I think there's some issues going on in China with the Chinese release of this movie, because they've got a few issues with it. And I'm not sure what that is. I guess I have to do some more research and maybe bring it up at another time. But here's the thing you know Shang-Chi as a character has had all sorts of origin stories he was originally the son of Fu Manchu he had all this stuff and because of licensing because of cultural you know sensitivity they fixed all of that they changed it they manipulated it to the good and this is what we have here in this movie sorry to be so detailed but I got to get into it now let's talk about another character who was actually made up for this movie and not a character for the comic. And that is Shang-Chi's sister, Xie Xie Ling. I I really hope I'm pronouncing all of this right. Now, here's the deal. The character of Zhai Ling, his sister in this movie, was actually a combination of multiple characters from the comic book. Because in the comic books, Shang-Chi had like four or five sisters. And what they've done is, is they've taken those four or five sisters and combine them into this one. Now, here's the deal. This character is very 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 different and unique to a point. So, the two ca- they took two of his sisters out the comic book and kind of combined them. He had two sisters, one known as cursed lotus, another sister known as sister hammer. They combined some of the elements from each of those and This is what you got. Now, there's some exposition inside of the movie, which is pretty darn cool, on how the father ignored the daughter, you know, uh, once he became obsessed with trying to bring his wife back and all sorts of things. So, it, it is what it is. But one of the subtle parts of this is you get a feeling about the daughter about Shang-Chi's sister. And the deal with Shang-Chi, his sister, is she doesn't seem completely 100% on the side of Angel. She seems like a very complicated, a very um, shadowy character. And it is what it is. So we'll, we'll get to that. And I will get to the abomination because it is not as... In depth as you think. So now, let's go on. You want to talk The Abomination? Let's talk The Abomination. The Abomination is no more than a cameo in this film. And really, it doesn't have much of a connection to anything other than good fan service. I'm I, i, I going to be honest. I like the way they redesigned The Abomination. Mm-hmm. They gave him a more comic book accurate look. Now, here's the thing that kind of bugs me about the abomination, but there's little key Easter eggs that you can see from his small yet short appearance on screen. He's in a cage fight match with Wong. That's one of the first things that I'm going to say is, what the hell is Wong from Doctor Strange doing cage fighting? I mean, they had little Easter eggs in there. You saw one of the Black Widows from Black Widow. You saw one of the extremist uh, people or somebody that took the extremist treatment from Iron Man Three. They were fighting, doing a few different things. You saw a lot of fights. You saw a big sumo wrestler look like E Honda from Street Fighter, kind of cool. But here's the thing about the Abomination and Wong—they seemed very, very friendly. Like this was something that they planned to do a long, long time. Plus, we also have Wong actually talking to Abomination like he's a friend, you know, he's calling him by his first name. Hey, Mill," you know, and things like that. Now, as far as speaking part, you know, the Abomination really didn't have a true speaking part. And that's something that is kind of in it. It was a lot of grunts, a few things. But when Wong took the Abomination out of there after their fight, take a look at the portal and where the portal goes. It looks like it's going back to a prison, high-tech prison-type area. So, what does that mean? Well, here's the thing. Let's go back to statements that the internet has been going, saying Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon. Netflix... Marvel shows are not canon. Let's talk about the Abomination real quick. The Abomination was part of the Battle of Harlem against the Hulk from the Hulk movie that people just really don't pay attention to. Okay, Emil Blonsky basically took a jacked up form a jacked up version of the super soldier formula, subjected himself to gamma radiation and became the scaly-skinned Abomination. Obviously, over the years, since we have not seen him since, I think it was, what, 2009? Um, Inside the Hulk movie? Was it 2009, 2010? Whatever. We haven't seen him since then. We've had mention of the Abomination in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first season, where Coulson basically threatened Agent Ward about, you can be out there guarding uh Blonsky at a remote S.H.I.E.L.D. site. Now, With the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, and all that good stuff, maybe he got released, maybe he didn't. But for some reason, somehow, he ended up getting chummy chummy with Wong because they discussed, and I guess they're doing this for money. So that's kind of interesting. I would love to see what's going on with the Abomination. Hopefully he shows up a little bit more with these Dark Avengers. And I think the rumor control says he is going to show up in the She-Hulk Disney Plus television series. So we'll see what happens there. But as far as inside the Shang-Chi movie, Blonsky was a fleeting moment that was good fan service and kind of drew a few people in. Now, let's continue on and get to my overall thoughts about the movie. Because I'm not gonna spoil it too much with Shang-Chi, because Shang-Chi is pretty much, you know what goes down, you see it in the trailers, pretty much it is what it is. But let me let me let me just go ahead without a major spoiler and give my overall thought. This was a great film. Although it is not civil war, it is not. Black Panther. It is not Infinity War or Endgame. Although, in my humble opinion, it ranks up there with them. It is not as powerful as those other films, but it is close. It's close. It's damn close. It's pretty damn good. Okay. Awesomely powerful. All right. Now, here's the thing it brought a much needed organization to the Shang-Chi character, okay? Because pretty much over the years, this character has been mired in an ever-changing, you know, origin story, periods of confusion regarding that origin. Um, You know, originally this character was really seen no more than as a 1970s product of Kung Fu and stereotypical portrayals of Asian heritage that we all kind of fell into that trope. Okay. You know, everybody fell into it. Everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee. Everybody wanted to have kung fu theater style. Everybody flying across with these super kicks and doing all this wire foo. And you can see it inside of movies today. You can see it in the Matrix, they show the Matrix trilogy. I mean, you got the Matrix Trilogy, and then you got the fourth one getting ready to come out. There's more. I know Kung Fu, okay? You see it a lot. You saw all of it, okay? We're finally getting things. We're getting a little bit of growth and a little bit of addition to it. Now, here's the key. They took elements in this particular Marvel movie. They took mysticism, which a lot of people kind of pair up with. Martial arts films. They took and added growth of another secret organization. I mean, how many secret organizations is the Marvel Cinematic Universe going to have? I mean, we have a ton of them in Marvel Comics, but let's see what we've gotten. We've gotten Shield. We've gotten the Commission introduced now. We've had AIM. We've had the Flag Smashers. We've now got the Ten Rings. Who else? What else? What else we got? We got, uh, did I say AIM? Yeah, Hydra. Um, The Power Broker and their group. We got so much stuff. And there's more. There's more. There's so much more. And I have a feeling they're going to introduce a hell of a lot more before Marvel's said and done. Now, here's the thing they also added more extra dimensional threats. Hmm. That may be key to the future. Hold on to that thought and remember that as we continue to go along. So here's the deal. This movie lines up as a solid offer. It kept me interested from beginning to end. What does it get on the going full nerd scale? It gets a four out of five. It's not perfect. It's not bad. Okay. I can't wait to see how this will fall into the grand scheme of the current Marvel phase. It does not give a direct tie-in to Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. It does not give a direct tie-in to any of the Disney Plus shows. It does not give a direct tie-in to the next Marvel movie getting ready to hit the streets, known as The Eternals. It's none of it seems like it's going to move. Forward directly from this movie. Yet, it gives hint. Now, so many people, there there are two after-credits scenes. Two. All right. First one connects Shang-Chi to the larger Marvel Universe. Okay. Those 10 rings, they have an origin. Hmm but nobody knows where they came from. They're unrecognizable by current MCU people. So that's something to think about. Not completely spoiling it, but could it be that something bigger is coming? Can it be that the 10 rings could be a lead into the Eternals movie? I mean, we're getting to learn more and more about the Eternals movie, Based off of trailers and the stuff we're seeing on the internet, that they've been around for thousands of years, much like these 10 rings. Okay. And no one knows their origin. Okay. We had mysticism, mystical elements. Okay. Or could this be a connection to something not extra dimensional, but. In outer space? Could it be calling something big to Earth? Can they be emitting an energy that draws something that these giant bracelets, which could actually, if your finger is big enough, it could be a ring like the true mandarin from the comic book? Hmm. Okay. Could that be a signal to Galactus? Maybe, maybe not. It's a thought because the power being expended, people notice the energy. Mm. Okay. All right. Only time will tell. But I can't wait to see how this ride progresses. Now, here's the thing. Iron Fist. Marvel seems to be distancing itself from Iron Fist and Kung Lung. Now, if you want to go look up some stuff in the comic books, here's one of the things: Iron Fist and Shang Chi really don't like each other much, from what I understand. They're not fighting each other, but here goes the thing: Shang Chi looks at Iron Fist as an amateur. <laughs> oh, and Shang Chi in the comic books is is basically heralded as the greatest. Martial artist in the Marvel Universe. So, with these added elements, it's kind of interesting because, you know, the comic books have done a lot with the Iron Fist character, the Iron Fist mythos, and Kun Lun. So, it would be great to see how this falls in. But there's millions of dimensions, there's millions of alternate worlds. We know that the multiverse has been broken open via Loki and the What If series, which I really do need to do some more videos and talk about. I think I haven't done a What If video. Well, I know I haven't done a What If video since the first episode, but this is something to think about. But anyway, that's all I gotta leave you guys with this week. I appreciate you coming in. Thanks a lot for joining in the chat. Remember, if you can't say anything nice about anybody, don't say anything at all and let me drink this red rum cup Mm, mm. oh remember if you can't say anything nice about anybody don't say anything at all send it to me and i'll do it for you hey and just remember we got coming up in november can't remember the date offhand i don't know my mind is out of whack but we're gonna have some video game streaming remember we trying to reach one thousand dollars i gotta make another deposit based off of channel memberships being brought in, which is awesome. But right now we are at $445 raised for Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C. Remember, if you don't do it for me, at least do it for the kids. And as always, before I hit that funky outro, I'd like to go ahead and say, peace, y'all, and I'm out of here. Let's hit that music because, you know, I'm still fly. Smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the matches, they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly, I'm still fly, I know. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go. All right, everybody, hey, go New York Giants. You know, I'm getting ready to cut this off, get back in there and see what the score is. They were losing at halftime when I started, so it kind of ah, makes me feel some kind of way. Yo. Anyway, remember if you're watching this and the videos had time to process, you should see a big subscribe button. Hit that subscription. If you're already subscribed and you're not a member, please look at the bottom. These are the members. These are the people that bring Going Full Nerd to you. And also, our membership dollars they actually go to Children's Miracle Network Hospital, Children's you know, Children's National Medical Center, D.C. Why? Because I don't. I need money, but I don't need that money. I'd rather donate it to the kids. Peace, y'all. And I'm gone.